Welcome to Sport Analysis Network Football. I mean, your regular handful, Abdi Hamid, Abdi Karim. You can also call me Football Juice. Yes, this episode promises to be another interesting episode as we shall be discussing which of Kevin De Bruyne or Enigo Holland has been the better Manchester City player this season. Of also on the show, we shall also be discussing. We shall also be debating the Manchester United team of nineteen of nineteen ninety nine or the Manchester City 2022-2023 season. And of course, also on the show, we shall also be talking about the future of Carlo Ancelotti at Real Madrid. I mean, following the exits of Real Madrid at the hands of Manchester City in the UEFA Champions League and their power team in the Spanish La Liga. It's time for the Dos Blancos to let go of the Italian tactician. Also, lastly on the show, we shall also be discussing about Arsenal transfer. Yes, Arsenal have been linked with the duo of Moises Caicedo of Brighton and Hove Albion, and of course, the Canaris. Which of the duo should Arsenal sign? Or should Arsenal make their priority in the transfer window? Yes, I shall not be working alone on the show. I have to make the duo of Abiola Ibrahim, aka Liberty, and of course, the only president here on the Sound Football crew. I'm talking of no other person other than Mohamed Bashir. Yes, both of them join me on the show. Liberty is good to have him back on the show. Uh, good day, football jurists. Good day, wonderful listeners. And good day, Mr. President. It's good to be on the show once again. All right, Mr. President, how are you doing? Well, it, it seems you can't hear us at the moment. I mean, Liberty. Yeah, it's good to be back here. Good day to our listeners. Good day, football jurists. Good day, everyone. Liberty. I mean, uh, after a long while, we have an interesting topic on the show. And uh, we want you to stay tuned and enjoy it with us. All right, guys, let's get started with you this way. I mean, let's talk about Manchester City. I mean, yeah, Manchester City are on the verge of doing the treble. That's no longer, I mean, that's no longer the news. And of course, two players that have shined, two players that have been outstanding for Manchester City this season is Elliot Orland and of course, um, Kevin De Bruyne. I mean, Kevin De Bruyne, 10 goals, 29 assists in all competitions. And of course, Elliot Holland, 52 goals and 8 assists in all competitions for the citizens. Which of these two is the best? Or who is the be- has been the better player for Pep Guardiola this season? Let me start with Liberty, KDB, or Holland. Uh, well, for me, when 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 you see questions like this, you would have to look at the fact that what what, what has been different between the arrival of both players. KDB has always been the most important player, but let's not forget the fact that with the arrival of Erling Haaland, it's as if City found a missing piece. And he has somehow overtaken KDB as the most important player in that squad. Let's not no we won't ignore the fact that without KDB on the pitch, Mastiff sometimes struggles to win games. But Alan's goals and his somewhat leadership in attack has brought the team to a very good point. KDB would always be the most important player, but for this season, Alan is the missing piece for Manchester City. I mean at that. Let me, yes, let me talk to you, Bashir. Bashir, I mean, is Liberty Yanni Dost? KDB, I mean, Orlando over KDB? Uh, well, from his conclusion, he made mention that KDB is the most important player. And th- that is the crux so of this discussion, right? No, he said this thing. He said, he, he said KDB used to be the most important player, but this is in Orlando has overtaken him. Oh, wow. Well, for me, I do not agree with that. For someone that has 29 assists, Sometimes, in fact, mostly uh, what Alan himself actually tries on is the presence of KDB on the pitch. So when there is no KDB, it's as good as say there is no Holland. And uh, that has shown a couple of matches that my, uh, Manchester City play without Kevin De Bruyne. And for me, it will always be KDB season, season out. He has always been the outstanding player. Without 
taking anything from Oli Holland and his tire. He even scored 30, 34 goals now in EPL alone in less than 30 matches. So that is to show it's, how... 36 goals. 36 goals. Wow. That is to show how important his goals are to this Manchester City side. I mean, we should take a look at it. You would... It's a very tight argument. But for me, it's always be KDB because this season, for instance, has stepped up. He has stepped up his game. Is a supplying assist, and in fact, Kevin De Bruyne would have had more assist than that. I did think that Elliot Holland is a more of a poacher than he is currently. We know that he scored goals, yes, but then he could have scored more. Scored more, considering the chance, the numerous chances that Kevin De Bruyne has provided for him. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean concerning the fact that. And if Holland has only failed to score or assist in a game in 15 games of season, which is two lesser than Kevin De Bruyne, who has failed to score or assist in 17 games this season. And of course, when you also factor the fact, when you also take into consideration that in the Premier League, Eric Holland's goals have earned Manchester City 10 points, 30 points this season. I mean, he has scored 10 winning goals for uh, for the impending Premier League champion. I mean, when you look at these two factors, would that, I mean, would that change your opinion? Well, if you should take a look at it again, we say most important players. I mean, they are not hell-bent on goals and assisting goals. The well, importance of a player... That, that, that will win the game to, you want to win. <laughs> the importance of a player can... The importance of a player to a team is not necessarily merited on goals and assists or their figures in... How do you win games? How do you win games? Uh, that, that's it. Kevin has assists to go with it. Even has goals to go with it. And at the same time, I see him in the poker point, the engine room of the team. I mean, take away Kevin from this Manchester side and, and they will struggle. They will struggle. Well, they, will struggle. They, they, still, they still manage to, to win games without him on the pitch. It doesn't mean that he's not important, but it means that he's not the most important player. Yes, that's it. And in fact, even with the arrival of uh, Ellen Haaland, they still have uh, the Julian Alvarez. So if you take out Alan and put in Avarez, Manchester and yeah, I still keep on saying this. Kevin would have had more assists than, than, than today, than he has today. I did think Alan is actually uh, scoring the chances that he's creating for them. Example was last match that he played. He missed three big chances. Three big chances. And Kevin created three uh, big chances. And Alan Holland was actually firing blank. So you can't take that away from strikers. Strikers always make big chances, but the thing is, what is the commercial rate of the striker at a particular moment? Hmm. I, I mean, liberty. I mean, just like I mean, just like he said, I mean, you are going for Orleans. I mean, just like uh, Bashif said, Bashif said in the office of Orleans. I mean, Manchester City can easily count on the services of Julian Alvarez. But in the absence of in the absence of Kevin De Bruyne, I mean, who is the creator? Who is the chief creator for Manchester City? Well, in the absence of KDB on the pitch, let's not forget the fact that Manchester have some very critical players. We have Ikai Gunugan, we have Bernardo Silva. And we, we have seen that there are times when Alvarez play, comes in and plays in that supporting striker role and he's able to get the job because see Avarez is like the perfect striker you can have on the bench when when there's any issue you need another striker to come in for see the way he does when, when he comes in on the pitch he's able to get you the goals within minutes so it shows you that Alan is trying to that 
that should Alan get injured or anything happens to Alan, they can easily count on Alvarez to bang in the goals. Well, we, we, we won't be able to confirm that until it happens. But, well, but from what we've seen so far, Alvarez is has shown that he's capable of being a striker in that team. But let's not forget the fact that when strikers come in off of the bench and score goals, it doesn't mean that if you play them for 10 games straight, they'll score in those 10 straight games. The strikers are just able to... Alvarez is a very good striker. We won't, take, we won't be taking that away from him. All right, but, but Bashir, are you still with us? Yeah, it seems to have lost Bashir. I mean, but quickly, let's proceed. All right, let's talk about another talking point that I've made. I mean, uh, uh, it has dominated uh, for the first space over the past days. I mean, which is the comparison about uh, the comparison between the present Manchester City team. And of course, uh, the Manchester United treble winning team of 1999. I mean, as it stands, so as it stands, when we do a comparison between both, I mean, my United 1999 side played 62 games. Manchester City side of this season have played 55 games. United uh, United of 99 won 55. City have won 41. I mean, the 1999 treble winning team of United, I had. I had 79 points in the Premier League as compared to 85 points that Manchester City have accumulated so far. My United scored 128 goals. Manchester City has scored 145 goals this season. I mean, United, that season considered 60 goals and compared to Manchester City, 39. 39 Manchester City have led 39 goals this season. I mean, the longest on beating run, Manchester City, 23 games and still counting, while United and 33 on beating runs in that season. I mean, Liberty, your whole opinion. I mean, which side would you rather have? I mean, which side do you think is the better Manchester United treble winning team of 1999 or the present Manchester United Manchester City team? Well, the Manchester United team of 1999 was the perfect blend of homegrown players who were approaching their peak. Then we had them put talents from all over the Premier League. Alex Ferguson was not shy. To spend the money in, in that season so he was able to get the right players and they were able to create the greatest season for any english side in history and that record still stands at the moment so until Manchester city is able to get the treble this season they would still be second fiddle to Manchester united 1999 when Manchester city is able to get the treble if they win the treble this season they will be better than Manchester United side because they have better stats. They won, they won more games and they have accrued more points. But until they are able to get those three trophies together in the same season, Manchester United side will always remain the best. Manchester United side was like it was a dream come true side, and it was the perfect blend for for Alex Papagosi because that was the only time he was able to win the treble throughout his career with Manchester United, and that that still remains the only English side to win the treble in history. So as Manchester City is able to get that done this season, they would always remain the number two. Let's not forget the fact that they had the Centurion season also, but that didn't make them the best because. The trophies you win as a side would always count towards when you look at who is the better side. But you, yeah, I, I mean, I know you're United so I, I know you're United fan, rather. I mean, Manchester United treble winning team of 1990. Is it a disrespect to compare that side to this present Manchester City team that is even here to win a treble? That's even here to win a trophy. Well, it depends on the aspect that you tend to look at it, right? There's individual performances, which is the players that are actually in that uh, team 
for instance, now we didn't get to watch 1999 season. Now we are watching 2023 season live and in HD. No, no, so, no, we don't watch them. But then, but then, but then, the records are there. Yeah, let this one they let the fans speak for themselves. Yes, they won treble. And I, even at, at the same time, talking about winning trophies, the Manchester is still win this EPL trophy. That means that they will match Manchester United uh, record. The only English team to win three EPL titles in a row is still Manchester United. And now, if Manchester City wins the EPL, then couple with the fact that they are in the final of the Stop using if, if. Just say when they win the EPL. How do you win? Anything can happen. Arsenal is still in the race, mathematically. Which race? So, eh? <laughs> Arsenal is still in the race, though. Even, and... I'm sure that even goodness will not say that Arsenal is still in the race. <laughs> Arsenal is still in the race. So, okay. However, when they win, <laughs> I still refuse to believe it, though. So, when they win the EPL title, that means that they are going to match Master United record. So if you should take a look at it, I mean the fact that at the end of the day, like uh, Liberty has said, trophies actually count. And yeah, you could accumulate a whole lot of a whole lot of individual great individual performances. But if it doesn't if you don't win trophies at the end of the day, I mean the legacies are just going to be watered. So having said that, you should now take a look at it from that angle. Well, uh Master United side of 1999 were able to in treble, we're able to integrate their youth players into the system and add the manager that was fit and firing at that time. So, at the end of the day, if okay, when Manchester, Manchester City now wins the EPL, I'm not sure, I just want them to just leave the FA Cup title for Manchester United. They can and never leave it for you. They can <laughs> never leave it for you. Look at, look at this guy. <laughs> ah, I don't want them to, to give. I don't want them to match our record. To match See, no, 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 Bashir, get this, get this. If Manchester City wins the treble, then they would have a better treble season than Manchester United because obviously the, the, the stats are there to show that they have a better season winning the treble. So the only thing stopping them from being the best side in the history is winning that treble and they are winning this season. And, uh, and, and I, think, I, 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 I think that I have the discussion at the end of the season now, instead of having this now. Uh, but you should have to be for Manchester United. They have a saying this in the first Manchester City in the final of the FA Cup. Yes, yes. So it's going to be a do or die, a do or die, a do which, or die. Which, which do or die? It's Manchester City side. Ah, uh-huh. see, June, 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 uh, June, 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 so, don't worry. Mm. I mean, the only reason we'll be happy. Yes. Okay. If United, so if Manchester City end up winning only the Premier League and the Champions League, does that mean, and even with these records that we have, does that mean they can't, they can't still compare this team to the treble winning team of 99? Yeah. Well, I, I have not said so you can't compare them, but you know, to be, to be better than someone, you have to at least match all the records and be better in some aspects. You see, when when you look at a team, you know, the, the, the thing you get as a team is what did the team achieve in the in that season? And winning see, the, the treble is something that has never that has happened just once in English history. So that would always give Manchester United an edge over Manchester City's side. Manchester City is a very great side. Look at look at the way the way Ocadula has come to turn the PL to a farmers league, a B semi-farmers league. So now the only thing. Like I always say, the only thing stopping him from being the best English side in history is that treble. 
once he's able to win the treble, I'm sure that Alex Magosin would not be would not be happy at what is happening right now to because he always he won't score them the noisy neighbors and look at the noisy neighbors have gotten them already. So once right, they, win the, they win the treble, they will always be second field to Manchester United. Okay, guys, let's move. But let's talk about Real Madrid and the future of Carlo Ancelotti. I mean, of course, they won the Copa del Rey, but we saw how they were humiliated out of the UEFA Champions League of Manchester City, following the loss to the Citizens at the Real Stadium on Wednesday night. And of course, I mean, they lost to uh, they lost the Premier, they lost the title, uh, the La Liga title to Barcelona. I mean, I mean, it was not it was not contest at the end of the day. It was never a contest. I mean, uh, Barcelona won the league comfortably. Now, if you take a look of how the team has fared this season and the way they've played, do you think it's time for Fiorentino Perez to let go of Carlo Ancelotti as the manager of Real Madrid? Bashir? Uh, when you said that it was never a contest, it was a contest because they both started the season on 0.0 goals, 0, 0 goals considered and everything. So, at some point, it was a contest, but then it slipped away from Real Madrid. Well, you, you don't want to take anything away from Carlo Ancelotti. He's still second of the team, though not a comfortable second. I'm not really aware about this standard. But over the years, uh, Barcelona have won eight of the past 11 titles. So, Spain, when it comes to La Liga, that's actually Barcelona's point. Now, taking me, running back to the uh, Champions League, yeah, last year, they are, in fact, they are still defending Champions, Champions League. But their distinctive performance against my masters, they want to wonder that. And is a shady team. They don't even have a coach at all. They look at them being like endless chicken. But then you look at the quality of opposition and the in, in this uh, Pep Guardiola's masters this side. Yeah, they outclassed them. So it's still a record that they still reached the semi-final of the UEFA Champions League. And in fact, they even won the Copa de Rio. So. Overall, overall, we want to give them a 7 or 10 season, and maybe next year, they want to better it, they want to uh, strengthen their squad, and you need a coach that knows the bench, that knows what Real Madrid stands for, and as it is now, I don't really think that it's a good opinion, it's a good option for Florentino players to actually let go of Carlo, because it's, it's not a like Carlo himself wants to be, and if Carlo leads, who do you want as, as his replacement? Would there not be a dressing room unrest? Would there not be an imbalance in the squad? You look at Perez, it from see, all those perspectives. Perez, Perez does not care about the dressing room unrest. Let's not forget that in 2003, Real um, Madrid sacked a coach those hours after winning the La Liga title. And the players were threatening to boycott their celebration. So, Real firing a coach is not having anything new. Nothing will happen. And as Alonso himself said it in 2021, that the only thing that changes Real Madrid is the coaches and not any other thing. Rimari can sack you at any point because they have this demanding fan base and they have they are they are this team that do not care what you've done. They start as they after three back to back. You see, Rimari can sack anybody. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what the season it is. So, so, but where do you stand? Should you let Ancelotti go? Well, we've okay. we've seen that Ancelotti has been getting this interest from. The Brazil national national side over the years, and this is an I because he, he has already achieved everything he needs to achieve in the club side. What else is he waiting for? Is is it? This is no, it's not. It's no longer a matter of should you let him go. It's, it's a matter of would Ancelotti wait to be sacked or would he leave honorably? Ancelotti is the most successful coach in the Madrid history. But let, let's not throw away the fact that he didn't won three Champions League titles. Well, Ancelotti in his, in his first in his first tenure with 
Madrid won four titles, and since 2021, he has won six titles. So when you go to win six titles within two years, it means that he currently he has played 46, he has played 231 games, and he has won 10 titles for Real Madrid. So that's, like, that's like winning a trophy every 23 games. But still, we are talking about him getting started because it is Real Madrid. Real Madrid does not care what you've done for this club. At the moment, what are you achieving at the moment? And I won't be surprised if they sack him at the end of the season. I won't be surprised at all. Yeah, but you answer the question. Should this, if you're referring to Perez, we give him a sack? Well, if I'm referring to Perez, I w- if me, I would I would want him to reinforce his side next season and allow him one more season. Because his career, okay. his contract expires next season already. All right. If you're Calentino, you, you, resi- you resign at the end of the season. Yeah, I, I would because I won't, I, won't, I won't wait to be sacked. I would I, I would look for another job and move ahead than waiting to be sacked. Now look and look for another job. It means you are not sure that you are running away. It's not about running away, it's about knowing when to leave the scene. You are playing jackpot. You All right, guys, finally, uh, finally, let's talk about uh, uh, yes, let's move. I mean, let's go to Emmy, let's go to the Emmy Stadium, and of course, uh, we know the primary title is looking elusive at the moment. So, Arsenal looking to stretch the side ahead of next season. And two players they've been linked with is, I mean, two players they've been linked with are Moses Cancelo and, of course, the Narayus of Western. I mean, guys, which of these two players do you think Arsenal should go for? Or do you think they have a chance to sign both players? Let me start with Liberty. Well, for Arsenal, you see, the first thing that Arsenal needs to do is first of all look at their side. Do they really want to keep Granit Xhaka and Thomas Party? Xhaka is leaving. Xhaka is leaving. So, well, now if Xhaka is leaving, you look at who is Xhaka's perfect replacement. Is he Kaisedu or Declanais? You see, Declanais would have been a very good person, but Declanais is now like an overpriced player for West Ham. And but if hey, I want to say something. If West Ham wins an European trophy this season. Hmm. There will be an issue. <laughs> there will be two issues. First of all, we have to see the fact that who has had the better season in England this season? Is it man you that won the Carabao Cup? No, 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 no. That's another topic another day. Just stick to the what you are talking about. Well, Don't worry. If that no, no, the point is if the Clarice wins an Europa trophy with West Ham this season, his prize would, would obviously be will still be overpriced because it's the guys are like adding a feather to, to the cap. And Arsenal would want to go for him. But I'm sure that Arsenal won't want to spend as much as 20 million on a defensive midfielder. Arsenal do not have the luxury of doing that. That's what Jack of Real Madrid does. When, when you look at Kaisedu, he's a very, very crazy midfielder. But Arsenal has the likes of Odegaard in the, in the, in the team. They still have Emil Smith-Rowe. Even though he's more, he has he spent more time in the hospital than on, on the bench for Arsenal. But they still have crazy midfielders who are capable of getting the job done. So getting both would not be harmful, but they would they should know that they have to let Thomas Papate also go because Papate being in the side would not want to stay on the bench while they can ask tight for us now. Oh, Liberty, let's do it this way. I mean, they only have a chance to sign either Caicedo or Rice. Who should they get? Well, they should go for Rice because Thomas Papate has errors has caused them a lot this season, and they need a very strong defensive midfielder. I mean, Bashir, do you, I mean, do you also in the same stance? I mean, Thomas Partey, yes, he has dropped form, but then he has been one of the uh, one of Arsenal's most important players this season. 
Yeah. Thomas Pat is when when uh, a, a lot of Arsenal fans will say that when it's not inside, they actually struggle. They actually struggle with the transition from defense to attack, which we all know that is the strength of Arsenal. But then, notwithstanding, not you still want to give him benefit of that. You still want to use him for, for you still want to keep him for last season, and it, it, it's not like they have his replacement already. So even when it comes to the top four or five uh, players on the, the team sheet. I think I would definitely not want to do without Thomas Partey for last season. So for me, I, I still think they should stick with him for at least a yeah, season. Even if they get Declan uh, Rice and, and Kaisedo, you still want that experienced man to, anchor, to still be there for you. So it, it, might, it might mean that, okay, uh, you don't want to throw him in the fire as much as he plays this season. But then, even for the for next season, if you get in uh, young uh, replacement for him, you still want him to still be there at least, even if even if it's for the purpose of still being there. Hmm. So, Bashi, if you, if you had a chance to choose either Kaiseido or Rice, I mean, which of these two players we go for? Well, depending on the pros and cons, honestly, and if we're talking about this Arsenal, we all know that Arsenal does not spend that much, and we all know that tomorrow, yeah, they are ready to spend. Seeing how close they were to winning the Premier League, to, to winning the Premier League. But it's still on record that Arsenal do not spend now. And in fact, say, uh, a news just came out that uh, Arsenal has been given a, a 200 million world check. So, I, I, I uh, Rice himself probably cost more than 50% of, 50% of that. And you don't want to just spend that on just once. If you have uh, Mikel Arteta, you don't want to spend that amount of money on just one player. So that is just the Arsenal way, so to say. I'm talking about the Arsenal way. You would want somebody that, okay, you can go for 40 million, 50 million, way cheaper, and yeah, can get the job done. So from the, from the side of money, which player is going to be more expensive? Obviously, Rice is going to be more expensive. So if I'm Mikel, I think I'll just go for Moses Kaisedo. And if you can even see that in the case of Mudrik. Arsenal wanted Mudrik, but they were not willing, they could not, they could not afford to pay Shakhtar the amount of money that they were asking for. And they got Trossard instead. Trossard is doing a good job. Notwithstanding the fact that Arsenal still wanted to get Mudrik in the first place. So that's just to tell you the Arsenal way to today. And that's just the way they tend to like go about that business. So once again, I know that Mikel Ateta is, is having at the back of his mind that, okay, yeah, he. He's still a priority for Arsenal. Uh, the is still a priority for Arsenal very well, but the money part, I'm not sure Arsenal can afford it. So, the girls of your people. All right, guys, thank you very much. This world will shall be full stop on this episode of Sport Analysis Network Football. Don't forget that Sand Football drops every Friday, 5 p.m. in general time. Don't forget that you can join on social media. Twitter is tweets at Sand and Letters. On Facebook, Sport Analysis Network is the name. And on Instagram, Sport Analysis Network is the name. Do enjoy your weekend. Au revoir.